It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, May 1st, 2014. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Looking Good forward to our to be study. with you, and we are looking forward to our study. A Well, it is... Um, it is a, um, there we go, it is a, um, well, season-specific. Season-specific. We, we're going to talk about modesty tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. We've addressed that subject before, but we have sort of a new avenue to introduce or to open up the discussion, and so we're going to do it again because, really, I think it's a very vital subject, Jacob. It affects Christians, and as you said, this time of the year is the time when it becomes a prominent problem. Well, you know, you... Preachers have to, you don't have a market for it all the time, all the, all, all, all year round. Well, I mean, you do, but it, it's, it's a more, uh, you got more of a market for it this time of year. Well, of course, it, it, immodesty is certainly more prevalent in the warmer weather months. It's, I don't think it goes away no, it necessarily it in the wintertime. But, of course, it's, it's a, a pretty specific topic, and the Bible addresses it specifically. There's not a whole lot of different ways to address it. I mean, you, you, you say what you have to say, you read the Bible verses that pertain, uh, and people have to either take it or leave it. But it, it is something that needs to be we need to be reminded about uh, fairly consistently, I think. We want to hear your thoughts on the program tonight at 877-381-4567. That's toll-free. We want to hear from you in the chat room to the bottom of your video feed if you're watching us live, and over email, questions at collegeu.com tonight. On this subject that, well, it's kind of, it, it's important right now. It's important year-round, but it's important right now. You asked us some questions earlier today, yeah. sort of uh, frame up I, the discussion. For when us. I was looking at our archives, Jacob, I realized we have not done a study on modesty in several years and only done it twice in the course of almost nine years. So well, we probably probably a neglected topic we, that we can certainly justify spending We're some a little time. skimpy on this topic, maybe. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. We'll play on okay. words there. All right. Uh, so I just sent out to our update list earlier today. We always remind you get on our update list if you're not by sending an email to questions at collegeview.com. Tell us, put me on the list, and we'll do it. And our questions this week are pretty simple. Number one, how should these biblical principles impact our decisions about the clothes we wear? Mm-hmm. And and we, we mentioned four things, nakedness, modesty, shamefacedness, and lasciviousness. And okay. So we want to talk about each of those Bible terms and see how they apply. All right. And then, uh, after we've sort of laid that groundwork, we want to go to a survey that was conducted by a preacher over in North Carolina. I believe that's right. Am I not right, Jacob? I think so. It's on his website. I assume yeah. he, he's the one who conducted it. I think it. he was the one who conducted it. it and uh, we put this in our email update. The email, I mean, excuse me, the website address is lookingtojesus.com. LookingToJesus.com, all one word, LookingToJesus.com. And then under their resources, you'll find a modesty survey. And if you'll look at that, you'll see what we're going to be talking about later. If you have not seen that yet, you might like to pull that up as you're listening, as you're joining us in the chat room, because later in the program, we want to just sort of of go through that. I think there's something on the order of, uh, uh, what is it, Thirty-four questions that he asked a group of Christian men to comment about, uh, and the questions are interesting. I thought some of the responses were interesting, so we'll look at that later in the program. All right, let us know your thoughts uh, again on the program tonight as we talk about modesty. Now it's interesting. You ask us questions for four things that would impact our decisions about the clothes we wear, and the word modesty is not anywhere in those words. No, it is. It's oh, one oh, of them. sorry, you got it, it there. Yeah, okay. It is one of them. Uh, I'm but, sorry. But we're going to start is. out with one that I think is. It is the second one. Yes, I'm sorry. I think the one that's that's uh, we have to identify first is the, is the word nakedness from the a biblical definition of nakedness. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we get a lot of questions about 
I think we, we probably should, Jacob, be questioned pretty regularly by people in the world when they observe that we don't dress the way they do. I, I think as the world becomes more and more immoral and one of the forms of immorality that is prevalent in the world is immodesty, and as that problem of immodesty increases and as we try to hold a, 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 a line uh, against that sort of thing, I think the distinction between us and the world becomes more noticeable and so we'll probably be questioned. I, I think we should expect to be questioned more about why do we dress the way we dress because we're, we're out of step, basically, with what's going on in the world. All right. And so in anticipating those questions, uh, we need to be able to answer. Um, uh, we should not let the world influence us. We should try to influence the world, I suppose, is the way we ought to put it. Um, first of all, this, this word nakedness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible consistently condemns something that's identified as nakedness. But, of course, when we use the word naked, we think of absolutely not any clothes on at Stark all. Stark raving. But the as, Bible... As a jaybird. Yeah. That kind of... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But that's, that's, that's not necessarily what the Bible means when it says we yeah. should keep our nakedness covered. Uh, and and you, get a, you get a very clear idea of this really early on in the Bible, in Genesis 3, after Adam and Eve had committed the first sin, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, it says, the, uh, I'll begin in verse 1 and just sort of highlight a couple of statements yes, there. Yes, okay. Now this Gen- is... This Genesis is, 3. All right. This is where they're going to they're going to sin, they're going to right. fall. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, and you know how that goes. Yes, we do. And then, of course, it goes on later to say, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Now, there the word naked does suggest not any clothes on at all. Okay, they knew they were naked. They knew they were naked, and so they made aprons. Were they getting ready to cook? And the word apron is just sort of, I think we'd associate that more with the idea of a loincloth or something of that nature, just something to cover the midsection of the body, the private parts of the body, male and female body. Uh, And you can do a word study on the Hebrew word that they're translated aprons, but it just basically covers the middle part of the body, the the private parts of the body. Okay. Now, what's what's interesting is, as the account goes on, verse 9, the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Hmm. So Adam still felt naked. Mm-hmm. after he had made the apron that basically just covered his midsection of his body. And apparently, God agreed with that assessment. There's quite a bit in that chapter, but when you skip down to verse 21, unto Adam and also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. The word coats there uh, literally means a tunic-like garment covering from the neck to at least the knees or longer. Mm. And so uh, Adam still felt naked, God still felt that he was clothed. But he had on clothed. the aprons. Yeah, even after he'd made aprons, which you know covered his private parts and in the midsection of his body, he still felt naked, and he felt he and God apparently agreed because God said he wasn't properly clothed, and he clothed him yeah. with, with these tunics. Okay, you get the idea there. I mean, very early on in the Bible, you get the idea that God expects us to keep our bodies covered from the neck down to the knees and below. Yeah. Um, the, the torso of the body, the midsection of the body, the thighs of the leg, all of that uh, would be in a realm that the Bible would identify as nakedness. Don't okay. expose that part of your body. That's nakedness. Okay. Now, we see that again. So that's there we are in the patriarchal, very early in the patriarchal dispensation uh-huh. with Adam. Yes. If we go on into um, the Mosaic time period, when God was given the law to Moses in Exodus 28, beginning verse 40, he was describing the apparel that the priests would wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're certainly not saying that we ought to dress like the priests, but we're just reading this to see, again, a definition of nakedness. Exodus 28, beginning verse 40, For Aaron's sons thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles, and bonnets shalt thou make for them for glory and beauty. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs shall they reach. They shall be upon Aaron and his sons when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation or when they come near to the altar to minister to the holy place that they bear not iniquity and die. 
So basically, in the apparel of the priest were some undergarments, and I think that's why you'd have to identify this, uh, that were there to guarantee that their nakedness was not exposed as they were busy doing the work of the priest, offering sacrifices around the altar and so forth. But notice the part of the body there that's emphasized in particular was the thigh of the leg to be covered with these linen breeches or breeches uh, that are identified there in Exodus 28. Okay. Uh, and then in, an, in one more Old Testament reference, in Isaiah 47, verses one, beginning verse 1 down through verse 3, it's a prophetic, figurative, figurative condemnation against the nation of Babylon. Yes. And Isaiah says that uh, Babylon was going to be brought down. Isaiah 47, verse 1, Come down, sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans. Thou shalt no longer be called tender and delicate. Take the millstone, grind the meal, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, thy shame shall be seen. And so there again, the thigh uh, was connected with this thing called nakedness. All right. And so from those biblical references, we get an idea that being naked, in God's estimation, doesn't mean no clothes on at all necessarily. Yeah. It could. Sometimes it's used that could, way. But it doesn't. But it, it often means to be inadequately covered or to have parts of your body exposed that ought to be covered. Yes. And, uh, again, I think we can see that just just using those, we know we don't live under the Old Testament law of Moses. We don't live under the Old Testament law. But we can go there for identification of terms, yes. and that's really what we're doing here. And we see that in those times, in order to cover nakedness, you needed to keep your body covered from the neck to the knees and below. There's another passage in Exodus chapter 20 that illustrates this, and maybe you can comment on it. Verse 26, when God's given his specifications for, for building an altar, he didn't want the altar to be elevated where they had to go up on steps to the altar. You recall that? It said, uh, thou shalt not go up by steps into my altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Yeah, the, the idea, I think, is that people down low could look up the... The, the robes of the priest. Right, so and see the naked. But now, right. that, he's not saying that their clothes are going to fall off. He's just going to say parts are going to be exposed that shouldn't be exposed. Yeah, I think you're right. exactly right. Um, now, those are Old Testament expressions, or, or uh, really, I think, uh, uh, verses that sort of identify nakedness. Uh, it's, nakedness is still a shame. Uh, I've got a figurative uh, expression in Revelation 3 to the church at Laodicea. To the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3.17 Thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And so, still in the New Testament times, nakedness was a shame. Of course, I don't, I don't, you, can't, you can't find that biblical definition of de- uh, nakedness in the New Testament. We can find it in the Old Testament uh, there's no reason to believe that the definition of terms change. We live in our different law, but terms mean the same thing. Okay. And so we're saying that's what nakedness is. And we need to understand that. And nakedness needs to be covered. All right. That's the first word that we're going to look at. Nakedness. It's obvious that it needs to be covered. We're going to go to a break and we'll get back. We'll continue looking at the words. The next up is modesty. How does that in, impact our clothes that we wear? We we'll want to hear from you. We'll take uh, some comments from our listeners. And maybe you've got a question you'd like to include in the discussion tonight. Send that in in the chat room over email, or maybe send us, uh, give us a phone call, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of Ecology Church of Christ. With a suggestion for you and your family, why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. Definiteness of purpose is the starting point of all achievement. There are no traffic jams along the extra mile. Remember that not getting what you want is sometimes a wonderful stroke of luck. 
If you do what you've always done, you'll get what you always gotten. Man, wish I'd said that. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we're back on the program tonight reminding you to, uh, to give us your thoughts. 877-381-4567. On that question of nakedness, Jacob, we've got a couple of emails. Responders, Ramon in Texas gives an example. In the New Testament, John 21.7, we read of Peter being ashamed of his nakedness. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Then Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He girt his fisher's coat up unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. The fisher's coat was probably hot and a hindrance to his fishing and swimming, thus he did not have it on. This does not indicate that Peter was completely nude, for, for surely being in the presence of men had stripped down to his undergarments. When he realized the Lord was coming, he felt indecent to the point of shame he felt naked indecent we should be ashamed as peter was when we dress like this i think you're probably ramon is probably right i don't think that that when it says he was naked meant that he didn't have any clothes on at all but he wasn't he wasn't adequately covered mm-hmm. and, that, and that is the concept of, of of nakedness that we're describing here and anthony in columbia says nakedness was a problem from almost the very beginning he references genesis chapter 3 verse 7 that you did earlier he says we can learn a lot from this event. The fig leaves were insufficient to cover their nakedness, so God had to make clothes that were acceptable. The Hebrew evidently, uh, Hebrew word evidently connotes uh, a coat or robe. We also see that the priests were supposed to cover their nakedness by covering the torso through the thigh. This is God's bare minimum for clothing. Therefore, we should avoid nakedness by wearing clothes that cover these parts of our bodies, men and women. Right. Exactly right. All I right. agree. Okay. All right, let's, let's go to the next word we want to cover. Modesty. That's the word that always gets thrown around, Jacob. The word yeah. modesty. You know, are you modest? Is, is, that, is this a modest dress? Are these modest pants? You know, modesty is the question, is the word. But actually, modesty, I think, yeah. is, is a level of concern that raises the bar from just covering your nakedness. And it's, modesty is, uh, mod, there's judgment in modesty. There's certainly, no judgment in, in, in Yeah, but I think that's a good point to make because a lot, of pe- a lot of times you hear people say, you can't draw a line. You know, I, I've heard Christians say, I don't believe you can draw a line uh, about modesty. I believe you can draw a line about nakedness, and I think we just tried to do that by walking through those verses that we just did. But as you say, modesty is a judgment call. But modesty is a maintaining modesty is a higher standard than just covering your nakedness. Yeah. You know, there are, there are things that are absolutely immodest, and yeah. then there's then and there's things that are absolutely modest. And there's some and there's some area in the middle there. And and the thing that's troubling is a lot of times Christians want to see how close to immodest they can get. Right. You know, how close to even exposing their nakedness they can yep. get without without crossing the line, which, of course, is a dangerous proposition. Anytime you're trying to see how close you can get to sin without sinning is a very dangerous approach because what happens, of course, is you can never see how close you can get without sinning until you've actually crossed the line and sinned. Yeah. You, know, you never know how close until you actually cross the line. And, yeah. and, any, and spiritually, we should not do that. We should follow a safe course. We should want to stay far away from the danger of sin yes. instead of trying to sort of see how close we can get. All right. But anyway, uh, modesty, uh, the word modesty is found in, in a familiar verse, 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Modest according to vine, means orderly, well-arranged, and decent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, part of that arrangement is that it, it corresponds to what I claim to be and what I, what I profess to believe. And so that corresponding decency and well-arranged orderliness has to do with I'm making a statement with my clothes. And, and uh, some are quick to point out, I think 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 10, would point out that you can cross the line of modesty by being overdressed, yeah. by trying to draw attention to yourself with excessive clothing. He mentions gold and pearls and costly array, right. uh, even a fancy hairdo, a braided hair. If you're, doing, if you're dressing to draw attention to yourself, you're not being modest. Right. So you could do that by overdressing. But you could do that by underdressing, too. Yeah. Draw attention to yourself would be immodest. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's the idea there. 
Let's see right. what. Let's see. We get anything from yeah, we our did. correspondents? We did. Uh, Ramona in Texas says modest apparel has always been God's standard. She references First Timothy two verse nine, um, and she quotes it there. Um, and so uh, she says, yeah, that's the standard that's been established in time gone by. Anthony in Columbia references the same passage. He says the King James term. Uh, modesty seems to be indicative of appropriateness. We should dress in a way that is appropriate to the occasion and appropriate to cultural norms. For example, it would be immodest to wear a clown suit to a funeral. Yes, it would. Our clothing should not draw undue attention to ourselves. I wouldn't submit that in the assembly a man in a zoot suit. What's that? What's well, that, that's, that's, you know, uh, sort of like a clown, but, you know, uh, you got a big bow tie and a, and oh. uh, and stripe big big oh. pin stripes and okay all right zoot suit or with a big gold rope or gold rimmed glasses would be immodest in the sense of First Timothy two verse nine. The SV actually renders modest apparel as respectable apparel. Modesty in our day is often used uh, to mean covering up oneself, but the King James rendering of modesty in this verse really is more about appropriateness. Okay, I think that's it. I think that's exactly. I think. Anthony's done an excellent job of identifying it there. So our clothing and our dress and our demeanor shouldn't be intended to draw attention to ourselves. Exactly right. Okay. Um, and uh, he mentioned cultural norms. I think cultural norms do factor into modesty decisions. I don't think they factor into to, to nakedness, but I think they do factor into cultural norms do factor into modesty considerations. For instance, if if you could time warp a person today, Jacob, and put them back in first century Palestine, walking with Jesus and the disciples, and they were dressed like you and I are dressed tonight, it would be completely inappropriate. We'd be out of place. It, it, we would look weird, and yeah. we'd be drawing attention to ourselves yeah. because that wasn't the, the cultural norm. Yeah. And in like fashion, if you took a guy who was dressed like Jesus and the disciples would have dressed back in the first century and planted him in Columbia, Tennessee tonight, he would look weird, yeah. out of place. So culture does factor into decisions of modesty. Doesn't factor into what you got to keep covered to cover your nakedness, but it does factor into what is decent, well arranged, orderly, what is appropriate. You know, there's some uh, what I wear to mow my yard on Saturday would be immodest if I wore it to services on Sunday. I think too, not, 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 not that I'm exposing anything when I'm mowing my yard, but uh, it certainly wouldn't be. Uh, it, it would stick out. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Okay. Now, uh, the next word is in that same verse. In 1 Timothy 2, verses 9 and 10, it mentions shamefacedness. And I'm just going to read what Anthony says, because I think he's exactly right. Shamefacedness, I think, is really where the meat is. This is the idea of modesty in the way we think of it today, covering oneself up. Strong says this Greek word in 1 Timothy 2, verse 9, has the idea of downcast eyes or bashfulness toward men, having a sense of shame about oneself. This is, I think, this I think really gets to the idea of covering up the parts of one's body that would cause sexual attraction. Thank you, Anthony. Well uh, said. Well, yeah, that, that I think is right on the mark. Um, Kenneth Woost, the uh, Greek scholar, says it means respectful timidity or humility. And I got to tell you, when you go out into public these days, these warm spring days, go to the Walmart store. You don't see much shamefacedness. There's not much respectful timidity there. Mm-hmm. People not timid at all. Mm-hmm. They show you all of their body practically, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's uh, you know really highlights the contrast between what the the world does and what God calls us to do. All right. And uh, Ramona in Texas says modest. Uh, no, she says uh, shame, uh, shy, shamefacedness in that godly women and men will be considered of the fleshly desires of the opposite sex and dress in modest apparel, repeating what Paul says in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. First Timothy 2, verse 9. Thank you, Ramona. All right, and real quickly, before we get to our break, we got the fourth word that we ask our listeners to consider, and that is the word lasciviousness. That's which a $5 is a, word. It's a really important word. We have to stay away from lasciviousness. Galatians 5 Beginning verse 19, I know many of our listeners will recognize that reference, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, the works of the flesh. Uh, uh, and Paul says, those who do the works of the flesh shall not inherit the kingdom of God. One of them is lasciviousness. Now, that's, that's Did just, you use that word today in your conver- daily conversation, Dan? Did you, did you break that off on anybody? No. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a church no. word, Dan. Yeah, that's, a, right. that's a church Somebody word. Somebody needs to define that. But it is so important to know the right definition yeah. of lasciviousness because yeah. if you if you cr- commit lasciviousness, Paul says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Thayer says that lasciviousness is unbridled lust, excess, wantonness, shamelessness. Now, remember, we're supposed to be shamefaced. Yeah. Lasciviousness is shamelessness. Uh-huh. He goes on to say, wanton acts or manners as filthy words, indecent bodily movements, unchaste handling of males and females. Vine says that uh, it is excess, absence of restraint, indecency, wantonness. The prominent idea is of shameless conduct. Uh-huh. So it is that which is intended to arouse the passions and lusts. Yeah. And so uh, if we're going to avoid lasciviousness, we must avoid uh, uh, anything that would arouse the passions, the lusts. And, of course, I think that that is precisely why people dress in immodest clothing. Uh, you know, there, there really isn't a good reason for it other than it is passion, lust. All right. So uh, we got to avoid lascivious. Let's read real quick what our emailers said, Jacob. Anthony says it is the idea of blatant lustfulness and enticement, acting or dressing in such a way as to elicit arousal. This is clearly condemned in Scripture, Galatians 5.19. The world is wholly given over to this sin in terms of the way people dress. Thank you, Anthony. All right. Uh, and Ramona in Texas writes, Peter said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul, First Peter 2, verse 11. The flesh is always working against our spirit to get us to sin and remain in sin. God, however, has given us the tools we need to overcome the sins of the flesh through his son, Jesus. We need to constantly strive to battle our inner demons. All right. All right. So we've got those basics laid down. What we would like to do in the, the, the last half hour of the program is go to this survey. And if you're listening and haven't done so yet, uh, you can go to – where did I have that uh, – is lookingtojesus.com, yeah, look, and when you get there, click on Resources, and uh, you'll see the Modesty Survey. Yeah, so lookingtojesus.com. Go there, because we're going to look at that survey when we come back and kind of apply some of these principles to practical application. All right, when we get back, we're going to do that. We've got an interesting email from Randy in Missouri. And we'll get to that on the other side of the break as well. He breaks it down for us fairly succinctly. You'll want to hear what he has to say. And we'll want to hear what you have to say as well. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. Church members are prone to leave things behind in the pews. We've even known of some folks who drove away from the meeting house before discovering that one of their toddlers was left sleeping in the pew. Anyone taking a turn at cleaning the church building is in for an eye-opening experience. It's amazing to see the things that get left in the pews. For example, trash, candy and gum wrappers, scraps of papers, Kleenexes, and other rubbish frequently get carelessly strewn in the seats. Some of this is accidental, but the volume of trash left in some pews is extraordinary. Everyone could easily help with this by simply policing their area before leaving. Some people leave a lot of personal items, blankets, sweaters, footstools, children's books and toys, and other such things are common in the pews. We understand the need for some of this, but we'd encourage some organizing and tidiness to make a better appearance and impression, especially on our visitors. While these things are normal and can easily be tolerated, there are some other things that represent a more significant issue. Bibles are often left in the pew. If you leave your Bible in the pew, it suggests that you don't really use it on a regular daily basis. That's a problem that needs to be fixed immediately. Take your Bible home. Read it every day. We also find a lot of class materials left in the pews. Our children's teachers work hard to make the Bible classes the best they can be. They almost always have teaching aids and handouts to send home with the kids. Too often, these are carelessly left behind. Please, parents, pay special attention to these things. Gather them up. Take them home. Review the subjects with your children. And, of course, the older kids and adults need to take their books home and study, too. If you leave your class materials in the pew, it's pretty obvious that you are not making any effort to come to class prepared. And then, of course, people leave God's truth behind. The most serious of all things that get left in the pews is the truth. Too many walk away from Bible classes and sermons without any serious consideration that the things that have been taught need to be put into practice in their daily lives. They are effectively unchanged by the exposure to the essential truths of his word. In James chapter 1, beginning verse 22, we read, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, 
He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. And so, before you leave the pew, make sure that you haven't left anything behind. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com. Or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You can find out information that is pertinent to what we believe and what we practice. You can find out more information about us there. You can also find out more information about visiting our worship services Meeting times and directions to our assembly place are on our website as well, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're talking about modesty on the program tonight. And Again, it's a time-sensitive time information, time Dave, sensitive. because it's the time of year when immodesty blossoms. That's right. Sort of like the spring flowers blossom, immodesty blossoms this time of year, but it's a bad blossoming. It is. Well, so, it is. All right, at Randy in uh, Jackson, Missouri. Uh, well, he he sort of skirted the question, if you will, but he did. He, oh, he, but he had a good thing to excellent say. Excellent yeah. comments here. He says, I'm not specifically answering any question, but I have a suggestion. One way to evaluate women's clothing is to ask, why does women's clothing have this feature, but men's does not? For example, why are some women's nice dresses backless when men don't have backless outfits to wear? Why do women wear sleeveless outfits for dress, but men don't? Why do almost all men's shirts go to the neck when women's outfits are often cut low? Why are women's shorts tight and short and tight and short while men's are long and baggy? What's the groom's tuxedo? Why is the groom's tuxedo cinched at the neck with a tie and the bride's gown is strapless and low cut? The answer is to cause the outfit to be tempting sexually. Society designs women's clothes for sex appeal, not modesty. Thank you, Randy. Excellent. I think you're right. And Ramona didn't comment about any of the specific questions in the survey either. We're going to go to this survey, but she said, I agree with the answers given in the survey. It seems every time you go to worship, you see someone there in a short or see-through T-shirts as if it were normal wear for churches. The bad part is that this type of dress is becoming more respectable. Well, I, I might not, Ramona, I might not use the word respectable. It's not, it, it's not respectable and cannot it's, become respectable, it's, it's but it's becoming, becoming more accepted. acceptable. Not acceptable, it's becoming it's, more acceptable. Yeah, 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 I think that's right. <laughs> right. So we got to be careful with our terminology, but I know what you mean, Ramona, and yeah. I agree. We, she goes on to say, we should strive to be like the woman in Proverbs thirty-one thirty, where it says, quote, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Thank you, Ramona. Thank you, Ramona. Excellent comments. Okay, so we're going to go to this survey, and again, if you haven't, Hold that up. You might like to do that. Um, it's at lookingtojesus.com. And click on resources. Click on modesty survey. All right. So, uh, and and the preacher there at Spruce Pine, North Carolina, yeah. is Andy, Andy Mitchell. Mitchell. We tried to get a hold of him, and it was too late. I'm sure yeah. he hasn't gotten the email because he didn't respond. And yeah, we were going to see if we could get him he'll to kick talk himself with... when he checks his email in the morning. And yeah. He didn't get to be part. Well, of we should kick ourselves for not getting in touch with go. him earlier. That's right. He missed a uh, once in a, a lifetime chance to be. No, on he can be on anytime. Anytime, that's right. Yeah. And it's not really that big of a deal. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to be worried about, Andy. You're all right. All right, so what he did, apparently, was to send out a series of 34 questions to a group of men who were Christians, and uh, I think he identified them in his description as mature men, uh, and to get their answers in regards to some modesty questions. We thought we'd just read through them and comment as we go along. Uh, Number one, should modesty be expected of all sisters in Christ, regardless of weight, build, age, or beauty? physical beauty. All right, we're going to recreate the survey in the chat room tonight. You can just send in your email here and your answer here, yes or no, to, to these, these questions. This one's easy, I think. And in the survey, everyone agreed that, yes, the principles of modesty apply whether you're physically attractive or not. You okay. Know? You know, there, there are some of us, and we, ha- we, we acknowledge it to be true. Mm-hmm. We couldn't make a person lust after us if our life depended upon it. Right. You know, I mean, I realize that about myself, but... You know, that doesn't mean that I'm not obligated to maintain modesty and keep right. my nakedness covered. And, I, I mean, that's just that's just a 
I think that one was probably maybe the, one of the easier questions in the list. Well, Anthony says, how could it not be? So obviously, yes from Anthony and yes from Jeff in the chat room as well. Yeah, exactly. All right, get ready in the okay. chat room. Here comes the next question. All right, question two was, do you see immodesty as a common problem among sisters in Christ? Now, this was kind of interesting because there was a mixed reaction. Uh, about what is it, 27 to almost 28% of the responders said no, they didn't think that immodesty was a problem among women who profess Christ, to be Christians, sisters in Christ. However, 30% of them. Se- 70, over 72% of responders said yes, they did think it was a problem. I, I, what do you think, Jacob? Would you, would you say this is a, a problem that, that is not just a problem for the world? Now, we were talking earlier, you go to the Walmart store, and then you're going to get blasted with all kinds. I mean, you, you, you almost have to wear blinders when you go right. out in public this time of year. Right. Uh, so certainly it's a problem in the world. You know, one of the things I've pointed out before, Jacob, you know, you go, you go to the Walmart store and you see a, a young woman who is not physically attractive yes. and who does not have a great physical form or beauty, but she's dressed really modestly. And, and I call it the Britney Spears effect, although I know that's a real dated expression because Britney Spears is, is, is not the pop star she was a few years ago. But young women think they have to dress like that because that's the norm. Even when they don't have the body form or beauty to carry it off, they still dress that way and make themselves look bad. They'd look much better if they yep. dressed modestly, yep. but they dress that way because of the pressures of society. Yep. Well, unfortunately, I think... Christians are doing that too. I think you I think you're right and I think one of the respondents to the survey here well this respondent uh he he nails it and it may not it may not be something that uh, would be very uh maybe you not maybe not like you may well it's going to be something that's going to be cutting here. He says the godly ones, the godly women are modest, the ungodly sisters often dress very provocatively. Okay. And that that gets down to the root of it, doesn't it? If yeah. we're going to be like God we're going to be modest now. Society is it is it, it pushes women that way, and it's it's a challenge to women, uh, and some women I'm afraid uh, fail in that in that arena. All right, uh, Test eight forty nine says yes, it's a problem with uh, among sisters in Christ. Jeff Vernon agrees. All right, so you guys now in the chat room, if you're going to give an answer, we're going to give numbers. So put 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 the number and put your yes or no uh, vote uh, as we go along here. Let's go to question three, Jacob. Uh, how often do you see immodesty in the assemblies? This is number three, guys, if you want to respond in the chat room. Uh, let's see. Ten percent said they see immodesty every time they go to church. Uh, almost 40 percent say they see it at least once per week. Another 20, almost almost 24 percent said they see immodesty at church at least once a month. Uh there, there were a few, about 8%, who said they never, rarely or never see immodesty at the assemblies. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess, you know what that takes, Jacob, which I'm a little uncomfortable with, is I have to actually make a determination, you know, uh, and, and consciously register that. You know, I think my approach to that is if, if, if I saw something that I – might imagine to be immodest, I'd look away rather right, than right. trying to register on a scale of one to ten. How is that a three right. or an eight? Right. You know, uh, right. so I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable with having to make that kind yeah. of a judgment. Yeah, right. But uh, right. uh, I, I, I would have to say I see immodesty at church. Right. I don't think I think you'd I think it'd be a rare person who says they've never seen someone dressed immodestly at church. Right. I, I take the same approach you do. Uh, Anthony says. I would say every assembly I've been to has had at least one person dressed immodestly. That is, revealing parts of their body that shouldn't be revealed to anyone except a spouse in private. So okay. Anthony says, uh, Jeff, uh, no, Jeff hadn't responded in the chat room. Guest 849 says at least once a week. Uh, yeah. And uh, Anthony says, I'll say these days we even see immodesty with men. I'll just put it this way, wear a belt. Yeah. Or stay upright at all times. Okay. Thanks, Anthony. So, you know, I, this survey, Jacob, I think one of the criticisms that someone could level against this survey is it seemed to concentrate specifically on women. But I think that was the point of this survey was that it was dealing with women's dress and how it affects men. Yeah. So men were being surveyed to ask how they are affected by what they see women wearing. Yeah. And that's understandable. 
But we would not want to leave the impression that modesty considerations are exclusively for women. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go to number four. How much more time? We've we got number time four. for one or two more here. Question. Uh, Jeff says, my view is a little stronger than others at least once a week. Okay. All right, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, question four. Is it a real possibility that a sincere brother might lust even while worshiping in an assembly? All right. Let us know your thoughts on number four in the chat room. In other words, could a sincere brother lust even while worshiping in his, and the answers to these were unanimously yes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm going to tell you something, Jacob. That that does, ne- does not necessarily have a one-to-one correlation with a woman dressed immodestly. You know, a man can lust after a woman who is dressed modestly. Okay. You know, the, the, the presumption of that question, I think, might be slightly flawed in that uh, uh, here's a sincere brother, and, and unfortunately he lusted during an assembly. Be, because these women are just constantly dressing immodestly. That's not necessarily so. I mean, a man can lust after a woman who's who's very appropriately dressed. Okay. And so, you know, we have to we have to make that caveat as well. All right. Um, and uh, Jeff says he agrees yes to this one. Anthony says, of course, men are wired for visual stimulation. God has made the female sex an attractive thing to male. The primary mode of sensing attractiveness is through the eyes. The verse I always come back to on this is Luke 17, 1 and 2. Uh, Jesus said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him for whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then that uh, he should offend one of these. So th- that warning ought to be to someone who dresses immodestly and causes someone else to stumble. Yeah. Is the, is the uh, Luke 17. The respondents to the survey says it is a possibility to lust while worshiping in the assembly while passing the Lord's table and seeing low-cut dr- uh, dr- uh, tops. Um, and so there you go. You know, and making decisions about our clothes and trying very hard to maintain modesty, not just covering nakedness, but maintaining modesty, realize that people are going to be viewing you from various angles. Right. You know, and uh, here's the man. I've heard other men kind of complaining about this. You're passing the Lord's Supper, so you're standing looking down to hand the emblems to women, and you look down their blouse. You can you can see things that you don't want to see. Women should take that into consideration. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's not just when you're, you don't make your judgments about your clothes, just when you're standing perfectly up, upright, straight at attention in front of a mirror. I mean, you've got to bend over. You've got to sit down. Uh, when you When you move... The area coverage that your clothes cover changes, and you got to maintain modesty at all times, standing, sitting, walking, climbing right. into a car. These questions are sort of honing in on the women, and uh, we can't uh, we can't isolate uh, them here. Uh, men need to be considered as well of uh, of their apparel, but uh, typically in a worship service, I guess culture would say that men should be fully. Covered. Let's take this next one real quick, and then we got to get our last break, and we're going to have to fly to the end of the hour. Number five, if you're commenting in the chat room, number five, is it, is it modest to wear more revealing clothing at certain events such as weddings, sports, special dinners, and so forth? Again, they got a unanimous response to this. That, no, it cannot be justified. Everyone agreed you cannot justify wearing more revealing clothing at a wedding or a sport event. You know, a lot of people, the, the world certainly thinks so, no doubt about that. But unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians think that, well, a wedding special, so the, so the the bride and the bridesmaids can wear the kind of clothes that they would never wear anywhere else. Yeah. Somehow it's justified if it's a wedding. Yeah. Uh, or men, uh, when they when they play sports, you know, peel off their shirt. Yeah. Uh, or or, or, or wear shorts. In the yard. Or mow in the yard. You know, uh, some of the older folks will remember. Um, Oh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Jerry. The older folks don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, the comedian? The, the, no, there was, well, there was a country singer. Uh, oh, yeah. Jerry. Uh, no, it wasn't Jerry, was it? Yeah. Anyway, there was a line in one of his songs about, don't look, Ethel. Right. You know, and so and sometimes, you know, you're driving down the road and you have to say to your wife, don't look, Ethel, because there's a guy out there mowing his yard without a shirt on. Uh, anybody in the chat remember who that was? Yeah. Jerry. Uh, no, it wasn't Jerry Clower. No, it wasn't no. Jerry Clower. Yeah. Uh, Ray Stevens, that's it. Ray, it was Ray Stevens. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Thanks, but, Anthony. <laughs> uh, Anthony says, no, nakedness is nakedness. Doesn't matter the scenario. Guess 49, 49 and Jeff both agree, no, it doesn't matter the, the situation. If you're not covered, it's immodest. All right, let, we're going to fly to the top of the hour. 
Uh, right after this break, we're going to get the rest of these questions and wrap up our discussion. About 877-381-4567. Uh, Anthony signed out on his emails after question number five. He's in the chat room. We'll look forward to his answers as we go on. But he, he concludes his thoughts. This topic has got to be one of the most difficult for Christians, especially women in the 21st century. Fashion trends get more and more sinful every year. It's probably safe to say there's never been more peer pressure to dress inappropriately than there is right now. I think I'd have to agree with that. I think he's right. Thank you, Anthony. We'll get your thoughts on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study goes to the top of the hour right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Hello, my name is Trent Haynes, and I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. In a scanning of the book of Proverbs, it provides us several reasons to discipline our children. To show you don't hate them, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him, chapter 13, verse 24. To give them hope, discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death, chapter 19, verse 18. To help them for a lifetime, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not turn from it, chapter 22, verse 6. To chase away foolishness, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. Chapter 22, verse 15. To save his soul, do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Chapter 23, verse 13 through 14. For your own comfort, discipline your child, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Chapter 29, verse 17. Parents need to read and understand these passages. So too should our children. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new Harris poll finds a strong majority, 74% of U.S. adults, say that they believe in God, but that's down from 82% who expressed such belief in 2005. Belief in other religious teachings also declined in the latest poll as follows. 68% believe in heaven, down from 75% in 2005. 65% believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, down from 70%. 64% believe in the survival of the soul after death, down from 69%. 58% believe in the devil and hell, down from 62%. 54% believe in the virgin birth, down from 60%. The same poll also found that belief in Darwin's theory of evolution increased to 47%, up from 42% in 2005. That information is via CNS News. The Word of God says in Romans 1, verse 21, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program, talking about modesty, reviewing a modesty survey that was put together a while back, and uh, we appreciate that, and we're asking you to comment on this as we... Consider the subject of modesty. It is the season when uh, modest, immodest apparel seems to be uh, more popular, and uh, Christians need to be aware of the trends and pressures in society. All right, we're looking at this modesty survey. Again, you can get a copy of it. You can read it yourself. Go to lookingtojesus.com, and uh, you'll find it there under their resources. But quickly, uh, this survey of men, do you think a two-piece bikini is immodest? Thankfully. Everyone said yes. All right, I don't think we need no, any think, answers yeah. in the chat room. The that. next question, question seven, what about a one-piece bathing suit? And I was disappointed to find here a, a, a group of Christian men being surveyed. More and, than one. Uh, five, five, uh, over 5% five of them said that they believed a one-piece swimming bathing suit could be modest. You know, that that's always been a little bit flabbergasting me, Jacob. You know, well, this is a modest bathing suit, you know, uh, I think that's an oxymoron. I, I, I don't think you can have such a thing, based upon the fact that it is certainly not covering nakedness. Now, I, I suppose you could describe something that someone would call a bathing suit, but when I, I'm, I'm sure that we all understand what was meant by the survey, a one-piece bathing suit. And the idea that that could be modest is, in anybody's estimation is a little bit disturbing. Jeff More than agrees. a little bit. Jeff agrees that Jeff it is. Jeff agrees uh, uh I, did, I didn't get you. Guest 849 says one piece, and I'm not sure. One, one piece, modest or immodest? That's question seven. You might give us an answer on question seven. I think it's okay. immodest. Okay. Uh, question eight, shorts reaching to mid-thigh. 
Again, most all saw, thought that shorts reaching to the mid-thigh were immodest, but there was at least uh, one responder who said, no, they thought that was still modest. Okay, here's, here's, here's a point we've got to make, Jacob. Almost, not quite, but almost unanimous agreement that shorts that reach to mid-thigh are immodest. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm wearing shorts that come to my knee. Mm-hmm. When I sit down, they come to mid-thigh. Mm-hmm. Are they modest? You know, I hear people say, well, I got modest shorts on. Well, everybody agrees that if, if your shorts come to mid-thigh, they're immodest. Well, I've got on these knee-length shorts. Interesting. But when I sit down, they're now mid-thigh shorts. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that argue that even shorts that come to the knee are immodest if when I sit down? Interesting. W- wouldn't that have to be so? Yeah, you would think. You would think everyone would agree with that. Yeah, what's, uh, so that's question eight. Uh, Jeff says immodest uh, to eight. Uh, question nine, what about shorts reaching to the knee? Well, here's what's here here's the here's the sort of contradictory thing, Jacob. Almost everybody, with the exception of one person, almost everybody said shorts reaching to the knee are modest. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you those shorts reaching to the knee are not gonna stay at the knee when you sit down. Yeah. So I mean I think Christians need to work real hard on consistency. I mean you, you actually see the inconsistency in those two questions. Yeah. They said if shorts to mid thigh are immodest, but shorts to the knee are modest. Yeah. But I'm telling you those shorts to the knee will not stay at the knee when you sit down. They'll go to mid thigh. That's an interesting observation. And one gentleman in the in the responding uh, answers here says tightness matters and consideration should be given to whether those shorts reach to the knee only when standing. Or if they hike to the mid-thigh when setting or bending the knee. So somebody's uh, on your wavelength there. Okay. All right, we got to go quickly here, Jacob. We're running out of time. We can go pass over some of these quickly. What about capri pants? Everybody in this survey thought capri pants, which I understand to be pants that would come to the sort of mid-calf, yeah. would be modest. I think it. I think those do a much better job of covering nakedness, to be sure. Yeah. Uh, mini skirt. Uh, almost everyone said a mini skirt was immodest. But not everybody did. Somebody. There was somebody in the survey who thought that you could wear a mini skirt and be modest. One per- one respondent said, "I call these wide belts." <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Now the next question I think needs we need some attention paid to this next one. A mini skirt with leggings or tights underneath. Mm. Now. 13% said they thought that was modest, but over 85% said it was immodest. But I have to tell you, I'm seeing that even among Christians. I'm seeing this dresses that would not, that are really considerably too short. Yeah. But you've got on these leggings underneath them, but they're, they're form-fitting. I mean, right. they, 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 they're, they're not baggy pants. They're form-fitting tights right. or leggings. Right. <clears throat> and so maybe they're a different color, yeah. but they show the form of the leg. And the skirt is way shorter than the knee. Yeah. Most everybody here agreed, 85% plus agreed, that's immodest. Yeah. And I'd have to agree, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, you're still showing that form of nakedness above the knee. And I I don't think that... What, I what mean, if, that, if it's an out for that part of the leg, why not just take the skirt off all the way and just yeah, wear could those? Yeah, could you just wear the, the, the leggings? Right. Uh, and the shirt. Right. You know, well, and, 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 and the women who are doing that would say, oh, no, you couldn't do that. Yeah. Well, why not? If it, if it co- in other words, here's a dress that comes five inches above the knee, but you got leggings on. Right. And so that's modest. Well, why not just take the skirt clear off? Right. If it's covering the nakedness of the first five inches of the thigh, why isn't it covering the nakedness of the rest of the five inches? Yeah. Of the thigh? yeah. Good. Good point. Okay. All right. Quick. Jeff agrees. Immodest. Okay. Uh, number thirteen. Skirt address reaching mid thigh. Almost everybody agreed. Immodest. Number 14, skirt address reaching to just above the knee. Now there, now you get into that area where people are going to sort of quibble a little bit. Yep. Uh, 30% said you could be modest with a dress reaching to just above the knee. Uh, still about 70% thought immodest. Again, a lot of that, I mean, just above the knee. Let's say, let's say, well, the next question, question 15, skirt address reaching to just below the knee. Uh, most thought that was modest, but again, there's something that has to be determined about how, what does it do when you sit down. Yeah. You know, does it stay below the knee? Yeah. Uh, skirt address reaching to the calf, all agreed, modest. Question 17, skirt address reaching to the ankle, all agreed, was modest. Now, we're getting to a trend here that uh, that ought to come into consideration. If I want... 
people to think that I'm, I wouldn't want to leave the impression that I'm immodest, Dan, you know, just like I wouldn't want to leave the impression that I'm, you know, something that, you know, that I'm a, I'm a anything else, you know, a, a drunk or a murderer. I don't want to leave the impression that I'm immodest. We're getting to in the area of unanimous consent here, so I think that's the realm I would want to live in. Yeah. Should I, where I'm choosing what to wear. Nobody believes that a dress reaching to the calf or a dress reaching to the ankle is immodest. So there, there will be your area of safe. Yeah, well, we're good there. All right. right. Yeah. Okay. Long skirt address with a slit reaching above the knee. This is kind of interesting, and I've heard women and men comment about this, but 85% think a, a, a long skirt but the, has a slit in it that reaches above the knee is immodest. Yeah. Question 18. Uh, and so that's got to be taken in consideration. I think that's right. I would agree. It's immodest. In yeah. other words, if it's exposing your your nakedness, yeah. you know, and that's what it's doing, then that'd have to be immodest. Yeah. All right. And then yoga pants. I don't know how many. What are wearing, yoga pants? I don't know. I don't know how many are wearing yoga pants. Everybody thinks that almost. Those things say hum when you wear them or something. I don't know. Then uh, no. most everybody says immodest. Question twenty: A long top that reaches below the waist and leggings or tights underneath. Almost everyone says immodest. But not everybody. Tight jeans, uh, 95% of male respondents said tight jeans are immodest. Women, pay attention to that because I see women wearing tight jeans. Pay attention. Men think you're being immodest. They're seeing something there that you don't want to be showing. Mm. Uh, pants with words across the backside, almost all see as immodest. Yeah, but not everybody. That's amazing. That's amazing. Why, That's amazing. why are you putting words on your Backside. <laughs> Question 23. Clothing tight enough to reveal uh, the under the lines of the underclothes, everyone says immodest. Uh, clothing thin enough to reveal the undergarments and their color, everyone agrees immodest. Question 25. Tight sweater or skirt, 95%. Again, pay attention, ladies. 95% of men say a tight sweater or shirt is immodest. And then I think some of the rest of them are pretty Obvious strapless top or dress, spaghetti stra- uh, strap top, uh, tank top, um, tank, uh, see-through tank top. I, I mean, they get pretty easy here. Uh, a sleeveless top or dress that does not reveal the bra but reveals the full arm. Um, that's uh, 85% thought that was okay. About 15% said they saw a problem with that. I think that's a real area. You've got to be real careful there. You're going to get into topper dress with short sleeves. Everybody said modest. Topper dress with long sleeves. Everybody said modest. Again, Jacob, looking at that survey, you'd want to stay in the realm That's of the realm safe I'm shooting things. For you. Uh, topper dress that reveals part of the back. Seventy uh, percent of most thoughts showing their backside was the back of your back was immodest. Yeah. A dress that reveals cleavage. Almost all, but not all, Christian men said a dress that reveals cleavage was immodest. There was somebody. Uh, who said they thought you could be modest revealing your cleavage. And I want to know why would anybody think that? And why would a woman who professes to be a Christian want to show her cleavage in yeah. public? Yeah. That's just this mind-boggling. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting survey. And if you've not done so yet, you might like to get online to lookingtojesus.com and uh, go to their resources and look for the modesty survey. Anthony says... Unfortunately, many women want to invite men's lust as much as men want to lust themselves, and I think, unfortunately, that's true. Well, uh, and one uh, respondent to the survey said, would you wear it in front of Jesus? Maybe, that's, uh, maybe that summarizes it here, uh, you know. I, I, think that would, I, I think a lot of women would have to say, no, I wouldn't wear this if, if I thought Jesus was looking. But, of course, the, the truth of the matter is he is. He is. He is. All right. And it gets to our, it gets down to our mind too. I think uh, we want to be disciples of Christ. We need to look at uh, things. It, being a disciple by definition means we want to adopt His same thoughts and attitude towards things. We want to be godly, have the same thoughts and attitudes towards things that God has. God says it's immodest, it's a shame, and we ought to take that same attitude. Exactly. Both men and women, uh, we need to see it as a shameful thing. Exactly right. All right. Dan's been behind the controls and been silent. But, Dan, thank you for being here. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Oh, there you go. Hit it again. Thanks for having me, Jacob. Thank you, Dan. Nice, Jay- Dan. And, uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. An important discussion. I think very important, yeah. All right. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word tonight. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.